It's locked on Horn Frogs. Max Duggan finishes second in the Heisman Trophy voting. He has a decision to make after the playoff game. Will he come back or not? Should TCU pursue a quarterback in the transfer portal? We'll talk about that next. This is locked on Horn Frogs. You are locked on Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So Max Duggan was in Baltimore last week. He was then in New York City. He won the uh, Johnny Unitas Award, won the Davy O'Brien Award, and then was there for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Um, <clears throat> as he always does, represented himself in the university really well. It was very cool to see Coach Dykes there, Garrett Riley there, and uh, his family. Um, the the story on Max I thought was really good. They highlighted, you know, a lot of the adversity he's overcome in his career, the heart surgery, um, sticking with TCU even after the <clears throat> binging at the start of the season, and then getting his opportunity and running with it this year and having a great year. Now he did end up finishing second in the Heisman voting. Caleb Williams won. He ended up winning by a pretty big margin, but it's actually, um, I think, the closest margin – in the last 10 years or so, the Heisman um, has been a runaway most of the time. People kind of decide who's going to win that, usually late in the season. And Caleb Williams had a ton of momentum. I thought maybe <clears throat> the uh, loss in the conference title game for Caleb would affect him more. It didn't seem to. Um, of course, TCU also fell to K-State in the conference title game, even though Max had arguably you know, his best moment on national stage, kind of keeping them and willing them back into that game and, and putting it into overtime. Obviously, wish they could have found a way to pull that out. But um, congratulations to Max on everything that's happened. I know it's probably been a long couple weeks for him. Uh, the team is doing finals this week, getting some more kind of rest and recovery time, and then practice will start next week as we get closer to that playoff game against Michigan. But I wanted to tackle this topic today because on Thursday, <clears throat> I talked about the transfer portal and some of the different players that TCU might be targeting. And, you know, a position that is always going to be discussed is quarterback because quarterback is so tricky in college football now. It's it's so difficult to find a way to have quality players in the room uh, with your starter and then beyond because TCU got really fortunate this past year that Max stuck around, but we see this all the time now. A uh, guy loses a job, he takes off. Or young player that has a lot of promise ends up not starting within the first couple of years that they're on campus. Peace out, they're gone, right? So you're always sort of re-recruiting your players, and quarterback's the toughest position to keep them around because there's one guy on the field. And usually, if that I mean, if that guy wins a job, barring an injury or just completely flaming out, um, it's it's tough to see playing time so players move on and going into next season TCU will have Chandler Morris um, who won the job out of fall camp um, Sam Jackson potentially Max Duggan he still hasn't made a decision but if Max leaves let's just talk about Max leaving in the scenario that he leaves <clears throat> you'll have Chandler Morris you'll have Sam Jackson and you'll have uh, Josh Hoover who will be a true sophomore um, and he played his high school ball at Rockwell Heath and was really prolific there. 
Now, there's a lot of different dominoes that could fall here. If Max comes back, I think there's a decent chance that either Sam or Chandler hits the portal. Um, I don't want to see that happen, but, I mean, I, I think it would be tough for those guys to continue. I hope they just buy in and stick around, but that's a tough sell, um, even though he'd only be coming back for one more season. So my question is, does TCU need to add a QB in the transfer portal? And it's really fascinating because I think regardless of what happens, so if Max comes back and you lose somebody, then you might be looking at this anyway. They don't have a quarterback at the moment in the 2023 football class. That could change either for early signing day or in February. But if Max leaves, then, I mean, I feel confident with Chandler as a starter. If Sam's willing to stick around as a backup, then that's a good option to have. And then you got a young guy in Hoover behind him. Do you want to see another QB come in, though, and have some competition? Now, the interesting thing about this is when you look at QBs in the transfer portal, they kind of fall into two categories. So you got guys that are looking to start, like everybody's looking to play, but you have guys that are looking to start right away. So, for instance, Devin Leary, the top guy in the portal from NC State. Had a really great year in the ACC. Is regarded as one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. He's not coming in to sit on the bench. And I can't imagine, like, I think TCU would be interested, but I can't imagine they're in on that sweepstakes. Uh, DJ Uagali from Clemson, who appears to have lost his job to, to Clay Klubnik there. Um, he's been, he's got a lot of talent. He's been inconsistent. Hasn't been a, a solid college quarterback so far. But again, that's the type of guy... I don't really see TCU necessarily being in on because he's looking to be day one starter. Now, Hudson Card is an intriguing name, and he hasn't really necessarily been linked to TCU. Like, there have been people that have looked at it and said, hey, this would be an interesting fit. Um, But he hasn't necessarily been, like, linked to TCU as a possible destination. Hudson's an experienced player. Um, He started a lot of games. But again, like my interest in Hudson Card would be more, can you come in? Can you be a great teammate? Possibly a backup. A good option if Chandler goes down or something like that. And I I don't think that's what he wants to do. Now, also in the portal, you have some younger guys. So like Kyron Drones, who just went to Virginia Tech. Um, Austin Reed is a quarterback from Western Kentucky who put up a huge season. And it looks like he's headed to Louisville. Malik Hornsby is an interesting player. He's from Arkansas. Um, He played his high school ball at Fort Bend Marshall. And he's looking for a new destination. And I think, you know, Malik Hornsby, um, Keaton Slovis, Cade Mack. I mean, there's there's so many names. But all these guys, for the most part, are guys that are going to want to start right away. And then you also have players that maybe are just looking for a fresh start to be kind of depth. Those kind of things. Graham Mertz was a, a multi-year starter at Wisconsin, who's moving on. Haynes King at AM, multi-year starter, who's moving on. Spencer Sanders is a name that's out there, right? Like he would be a great veteran presence. But do you want Spencer to come in and start for one year? The danger of this too is you're really, in a lot of cases, you're kind of running these guys for one or two years. And TCU has to think not just about the right now but also the future. I don't think it's imperative that they bring in a QB in the transfer portal, but I'd love to hear what you think in the comments here on YouTube, or you can tweet at me at some Steven on Twitter. Um, 
do you feel like TCU needs to go out there <clears throat> and get a QB? And the hard thing is if you don't and you lose a guy or two to the portal, then suddenly your depth is taking a hit in a big way. But we'll see what Max's decision is, and then we'll kind of see how things play out after that. Does TCU need to go after a quarterback in the transfer portal? When we come back, uh, we're going to go in a little bit of a different direction. I want to give a tribute to one of the true pioneers of college football. Before we do that, though, uh, a word from one of our great sponsors. Let's talk about LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs is the place to go if you want to hire. You can go to linkedin.com slash college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. If you are running a business, you know that hiring people is the most important thing you do. Talent acquisition is the number one part of running a good and successful business. You need people who are reliable, who can do their job and do it well. And LinkedIn is the place to go. It's the number one name when it comes to jobs. LinkedIn.com slash college. You can post that job. You can, you know, cast that wide net, see who's interested in uh, in your business and in working for you. And they have screening questions. They have other tools that allow you to narrow that pool so you're not just overwhelmed with a million different candidates. LinkedIn, they're one of our great sponsors. We talk about them frequently. Again, that website is linkedin.com slash college. Okay, so um, talking some TCU sports here. And I want to go in a different direction right now. Uh, this is a TCU podcast, and I understand that. And so uh, I know that we, we talk TCU all the time. And I do a really good job, I feel like, of trying to keep it TCU-centric. Maybe we dip into some Big 12 stuff from time to time, but I really try to keep it all about the frogs. I did want to take a moment, though, if you'll indulge me for a second, to just say uh, rest in peace to Michael Leach, who passed away um, officially on Tuesday morning, and that news came down. I know if you've been following the story, it's been trending this way for a, a couple of days. Unfortunately, Coach Leach suffered a cardiac event at his home. I think that was on Saturday. He was airlifted to a hospital in Jackson, Mississippi, and um, after a few days, <clears throat> he passed away there. His family was by his side, which uh, I'm sure they're grateful for, for being able to get there. But just a super unfortunate situation. He was 61 years old. I mean, he just got done coaching. He coached Mississippi State all season. They just won the Egg Bowl. They had a bowl game coming up um, in a few weeks. So they were starting to prepare for that. He was recruiting. And, you know, he was doing all the normal college football things. And unfortunately, had this cardiac event and ended up passing away on Tuesday morning. And um, Mike is one of those guys that I think makes college football great. You know, the NFL, um, for the most part, and just pro sports in general, there there's a talent disparity on different teams. But also, I think if, if you're a professional player, you can play. And so a lot of times you have coaches and organizations they kind of copycat each other and sort of do the same thing. And they don't necessarily use a ton of innovation or different strategies because everybody kind of wants to stay in, you know, the, the narrow box of what works. And one of the great things about college sports is you have <clears throat> some really unique minds who push the limits because they're trying to make up for the talent disparity that their team might have against some of the blue bloods. And you saw what coach Leach and how mummy did at Kentucky um, then he goes on to be the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma, eventually gets a job at Texas Tech, which is where I was first introduced to him. His Tech teams were so much fun. You know, B.J. Simmons, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, Sonny Cumbie, just all these guys that could air it out. It was like the same team every year, just kind of some no-name quarterback you'd never heard of, throwing for 400, 500 yards a game. 
all these different receivers. And the air raid was such an innovative thing at the time. Like you, you saw teams passing the ball more, but you didn't see them passing the ball like leech. You didn't see teams going forward on fourth down. You didn't see hurry up and tempo offenses. Now that's such a staple of college football. I mean, he really did change the game. And I think we always have a soft spot for disruptors, meaning people that, that buck the status quo and that come in and just um, say, okay, this is how things are done. Well, we're going to do something completely different and we're going to find a way to be successful with it. And of course, Coach Leach was really funny. He had an odd perspective on things. He had a unique take on life. Um, he was very authentic. He told you what he thought. Sometimes, you know, he didn't say all the right things and I didn't agree with some of the opinions he had, but I appreciated that he didn't just fall into the coach speak, you know, mantra that so many coaches do and that he was sharing his viewpoints on things. And um, those Texas teams were fun to watch. I grew up kind of as a college football nomad. So um, my mom was actually a Baylor grad, which I know TCU fans, I'm sorry about that. But I didn't ever catch the Baylor bug because they were so bad when I was a kid. And so my dad, his family bounced around a lot, but he spent a lot of his childhood in Michigan. And so I used to watch Michigan games with him early on Saturday mornings, which is really funny because now TCU's playing Michigan in the playoff game. Um, but, you know, that was sort of the team I kind of adopted, but I wasn't super, super committed to it. And it just ended up with me watching a lot of games on Saturdays, a lot of Big 12 games especially, because that was the region where I was from. And that was what was on TV, uh, just because I loved football and I liked bouncing around and seeing what different teams were doing. And so I had a soft spot for those tech teams because they were so unique and fun to watch. And um, it was cool to see the way he led them. Of course, then went to Wazoo and Mississippi State. And, I mean, he was he was never a guy that was winning national titles and that kind of thing. But he always found a way to get his teams to like eight and four and nine and three, ten and two. Like he just had a way, if, if you stuck with him, to eventually make it work. And I was just really sad to see um, the news that he had passed away and just want to pass along that. If you have any – you know, favorite moments or funny leech moments that you want to pass along on Twitter. I had some guy Steve in the YouTube comments. I'd like to hear from you, but he was one of a kind and I'm going to miss his influence and uh, his, just the way he kind of went about things in the college football world, because I think it was great for uh, just college football as a whole. We'll close up here in a minute. I do want to mention though, before we go, uh, another one of our great sponsors this is Bet Online. Uh, BetOnline.com is where you go. It's you know it's where the game starts. It's where you go to start getting involved in wagering on sports. If you've always been curious about it, if you wonder like, man, I think I can make some money doing this, Bet Online is a great place to go. It's not just betting lines. I mean, there's podcasts, there's injury news, there's really everything you need to know about sports there. But Lee Sterling for Paramount Sports. You know, what he's known for is giving you the goods, giving you the insider information on the best way to make some cash, betonline.com. Uh, go bet on some games today. A lot of sports going on right now. NBA, NFL, college football bowl season is upcoming. Um, TCU, nine and a half point dogs to Michigan at the moment on BetOnline. If you want to get in on that action, go to BetOnline today. Uh, give it a try. Give it a shot. Again, that's betonline.com. Before we close up shop here, I did want to mention uh, TCU basketball. The men, they're kind of rolling now. They beat SMU. Um, on Saturday night, late Saturday night in Dickey's Arena. This has been a completely different team since Damian Ball got on the floor. They play faster on offense. They're getting better shots. They're not um, just living and dying by the three ball like they were early in the season. Mike Miles had another good, efficient uh, contest. He's looking good. 
Um, Eddie Lampkin looks like he's kind of getting his energy back and getting his legs under him again. He mentioned that he's loving playing with Damian Ball. They kind of have good chemistry. And so uh, we'll keep following them. They have the week off because of finals, but then they play on Sunday against Mississippi Valley State as we inch closer to conference play, which starts on December 31st, which is a huge day for TCU fans because it's the day that TCU-Michigan playoff game. But on that day, they'll play Texas Tech. Um, and the Big 12 looks like to be looks like it's going to be another buzzsaw of a conference in basketball this year. That'll do it for us today. This is Locked On Horn Frogs. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team.